Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. Asking for help as an entrepreneur is often a difficult thing to do, but it is the one thing you must do if you want to succeed. I learned this from my friend Lori Torres, the founder of Parcel Pending. Lori was able to grow a company from zero to $100 million exit in six years. And the reason it was such a success is because she asked for help a lot. Asking for help gets people engaged, it allows them to gain insight into the business and is critical in getting over the business humps. It also sets the stage to hire outstanding people. And guess what? People will do it because they want to help. I'm Rick Girard and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win the strongest hires by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Vincent Kimura. Vincent is the co-founder of Smart Yields, which is a Hawaii-based, globally recognized agricultural technology company that is revolutionizing the way small and medium-scale farms operate. Now, Vincent was named the 2016 Clean Tech Ag Entrepreneur by the Hawaii Venture Capital Association and a 2016 finalist in the Pacific Business News Business Leadership Awards. He is also named to the Pacific Business News 2016 40 Under 40 cohort, which recognizes outstanding young business professionals in Hawaii. He lives in Honolulu with his wife, Lisa, and their three children, and Vincent faces the daily challenges of startup life and is here to share his learnings, which is what makes Vincent the perfect expert for today's topic. Vincent, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, you know, in full disclosure, Vincent and I know each other because we've been friends for a number of years as well. We've talked about startups over the years. As a matter of fact, I tried to recruit Vincent to come work for me one time, but he said, nah, I don't really want to work for you. (laughs) I remember that well. So we're going to discuss a couple of things today. We're going to talk about really the importance of asking for help to support your hiring process and to build your business. And then we're going to come up with a really good formula that you can plug into your business that'll help you do that. Sound like a plan? Yeah, it sounds good. Asking for help to support your hiring process as a startup founder. Why is it difficult, my friend? It's interesting because when we first launched, we went through a traditional track like many other startups through an accelerator program called Blue Startups here in Hawaii. The managing director there, Chinoa Farnsworth, said, you know, it's really about team, team, team idea than execution. So you can imagine with any startup, the biggest challenge is really trying to take that idea that you have as being the lead founder or whatever, and build a team around that. And that's got to be the hardest thing in the world. It's not the idea that fails. It's usually the interpersonal communication and the challenges between ego and insecurities and et cetera, that kills it. Most definitely. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, so when you started, you went through the incubator. Is your first team still with you or did you have some challenges there or... Yeah, it was interesting because when I had the idea, I was thinking, well, who out there in the world and in the Hawaii ecosystem actually knows more about the tech scene and has the network and the connections? Because as we all know, in going to undergrad and college, you learn the curriculum and the information, but it's really about that who you know component. I know nothing that about was, that since I went to Yeah, I know, school. right? <laughs> 
So I reached out to one of my good buddies and actually one of my mentors at the time, Ryan Ozawa, who is probably the most connected individual in Hawaii that I know. And then to others like Ian Kirijima over at Oceanit, just well-respected individuals who have a really good pulse on what's going out there. And Ian introduced me to Isar Mustafanazad, and the three of us were the original, we call them Three Amigos, and then just kind of grew from there. Your initial team, were you all co-founders or were you... Yeah, we all started off as co-founders and we went through Blue Startups, their cohort and first ag tech company that I think the Accelerator had started or invested in. It was definitely different. It's not your average bear, really, when you think about it. But, you know, we also wanted to be, especially in Hawaii, where agriculture was a priority and it has a long history of growing stuff and doing some really cool things in terms of the seed industry and others. You know, we really wanted to kind of focus that and rehone it for Hawaii. Got it. Why was it difficult to ask for help? Well, I think as an entrepreneur, it's, it's a really interesting dance because on one hand, you've got a component where you should be viewed as an expert in terms of taking your idea and really growing it. So you can't be seen necessarily as maybe from more than Asian culture of things, which is a really interesting cultural bias here in Hawaii because you've got that fear of failure component, which we're all trying to. Oh, we have that all around. over the place. <laughs> I think that's but, just founder syndrome, right? That fear of failure. Yeah, good point. But I, I feel like in other areas around the world, it's more accepted, where it's more viewed in a different light, a different perspective. And I think that's really kit and caboodle to really where myself as kind of the lead founder of things, really got to learn more and be willing to ask for help. And where did you guys run into the bottlenecks? The biggest challenges at the time we were looking for a, a CTO because we realized that we didn't want to focus on hardware because hardware is hard. And we wanted to focus on software. So looking for someone within the ecosystem that we can afford, that was driven, passionate. I mean, all those different components that kind of make startup culture both really hard, but also really attractive. Sure, sure. <clears throat> were you able to find one? Yeah, we found a great guy, uh, Justin Hadani, who, you know, was this like bright, brilliant, shining star here in Hawaii. And he helped us iterate on multiple occasions on different kinds of components where we thought that would be the game changer. Got it. You were able to work through your network and ask for help and get to people. At what point was it difficult? Where'd you guys run, hit that wall? It always comes down to that you don't know what you don't know kind of component. And hindsight, I would have called my buddy Rick Gerard and be like, hey, Rick, I need help. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I thought you were too expensive for me. You know, I couldn't afford you. you... <laughs> but you're but so I think awesome, dude. you are awesome. So you're killing it. There's partly that component in terms of not knowing the industry. And HR professionals, they do amazing stuff in terms of recruitment. And it's a whole beast in itself, which... If you've tried to hire and your pool is small, then you really kind of take what you can get kind of thing versus like really trying to find that alignment. Because, you know, as we talked about that passion versus a core experience and getting things done, that mission slash vision component is really key. It's a huge differentiator. Oh, you just said something that was really interesting to me. You take what you can get. And I, I see this quite often where people take what they can get. And gosh, that's so scary. I'm doing it right now. Like I do everything under our structure. But what I'm learning is that I've already identified my team. However, I haven't gotten them all yet. There's a relationship that I need to build. And I'm taking it very slow so that when the time comes that I really need that person, I can pull the trigger. That's the dilemma as a startup because you need to get the work done. Yeah, I think it's kind of like whichever mantra you pick and choose, because you hear this all the time, fake it till you make it or just keep going. It's a tough one because 
You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's never one of those things where whichever way you go, it's the right way. It's however you define it. And again, be like a goldfish, right? Keep that 10 second memory going so that you can keep chugging away. Be like Dory. Because you have short-term memory loss. (laughs) Why have you found this to be important to the company? What were the differences that you found somebody should take heed of and listen to in asking for help? The challenge is specifically when you have the founders who are very passionate about things, you're able to kind of share that passion with others who might not necessarily have that core background experience to really build that. You can kind of like not say impose is the right word. You can really kind of spread the Kool-Aid there's a fine line in terms of what are the short-term goals, because as a startup, you're basically going to be pivoting a bunch of times based on what your go-to-market strategy is, who is your end customer, how you get from here to there, how you do the, the fundraising to show growth. There's a really fine line, which I wish someone would have told me years ago, when you're looking at these individuals that are applying for positions, really break it down based on what kind of core personality they have, whether they're kind of like a builder or an improver or a maintainer. Like That would have been really helpful for me. I see what you did there. And I like it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I even think going deeper, like you really have to understand, especially when you're doing the work to put the structural components, building your pitch deck, you should know what your values of the company are. And I have seen quite a few companies that I have been in contact with over the past couple of years and even guests that we've had on the show that have said that that's one of the first things they built out was their values. Evaluating people against those values or for those values or judging them for the values alignment, that's been critical in their success. So just drilling it back to that, it helps you align with the right people. The truth is, if you're a startup, your first 20 to 50 people need to be builders. They have to be self-starters that want to come in. They buy the mission and the values of the company. That's how you're going to grow and thrive company. It can't be, hey, look, at you've got five years of this and we need somebody who does that. So can you help us out? That's called a contractor. Well, you know, you kind of raise a really good perspective in terms of how others do things to get the growth they need to because the fact is that we said earlier it's usually not the idea that kills it, but it's the people, you know, it's it's that component. So, you know, I kind of wonder at what point in time do you just allow the contractors to kind of keep things moving until you can find that right person at the right time. Well, here's the thing. You have the contractors moving as you're, as the product's being built out. I mean, I'm doing this now. So my product is being built out. I have a team of contractors that are helping it out. I also have a head of product, co-founder, but we don't have our technical person in, but I'm starting to identify who that person is and start to bring them into the fold. You brought up another point, which is here, you want to find people that really want to do the work as opposed to the ones that are just taking the work because they need a paycheck. They've got some extra time to kill. Again, that goes back to, that's a contractor, but you want to align yourself with really good contractors. Find the best ones you can find and and make sure that you develop those relationships. Some of those contractors could become full-time people later on down the road. I think the thing I like about contractors is the ability for you to test them out. You obviously need to spend a lot of time identifying what the scope is. So there should be a clear definition of exactly what you and they feel as like the expectations of why I'm paying you for your billable hours. Yeah, definitely. 
had we done things differently, we probably spent more time on that scope of work, you know, setting those expectations. And if we had the ability to have some sort of shared expectations agreement, or so to speak, so that way then it's it's not really a personality component. It's more of like a business thing. It's like, oh, you know what? My expectations weren't met or vice versa. Clearly, this might not be a good fit. All right. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, subscribers, keep an eye out for our newsletters. We're giving away 10 signed copies of Healing Career Wounds. Simply complete the linked survey and your name will be entered in the drawing. And as a gift to you, we're actually going to give you a free chapter to download. So our guest today is Vincent Kimura. He's the co-founder of Smart Yields. And we're discussing the importance of asking for help. How do we solve this problem, Vincent? So let's run through. We identified offline four key components that we want to tackle here. Let's start with the first one, which is defining the business needs. Yeah, we had a Lizzie Schiller, who was amazing, really drove down the values component of this and really defined what is that to all of us and how does that influence you know the hiring decisions in the future. And that's not something that I really had a lot of experience in. So I think finding those individuals that kind of excel in the different areas that you're terrible at or you have little experience is obviously really crucial. <laughs> and then, of course, it's the business strategy and the model, which is like kit and caboodle to everything. It's like literally your manifesto. It's a tough one because as an entrepreneur, you're, again, changing so much. And the strategy and the model are indicative of who you need to fill the needs to be done component. So contractors for now, hopefully you find an individual that either you can afford or is willing to do trade or barter or equity or whatever it is because they, f- they believe in what you're trying to do. I'm going to go back to Lori, who I stated at the beginning of the show. She said she had a lot of people who helped out in areas that she had no expertise in and they did it for free. Like they didn't charge her anything. They helped her to get past those humps that really we get stuck at. For example, I don't have a finance person. So when I reach out to one of my friends who's really strong in finance and say, can we work through this and make sure that this is strong? Going back to what Lori's saying too, is it really brings up a good point, which is talking about mentorship. And, you know, (laughs) I've always believed in mentorship because I've been blessed to have amazing mentors in my life. And I remember one of them told me early on, it's like, you know, you've got to you got to pay it forward. Like it's not one of those things where you just take, 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 and then don't give back. One of my early mentors, he would often tell me, part joking, but part serious. It's like, you know, I want to help you talking to me because, you know, one day he'll work for me kind of thing. And I I thought that was a really humbling comment, but also really true to the point of things are changing. And I was just a, you know, recent college graduate. And when you find those individuals who you see, so much greatness in and you want to emulate, which is what I was viewing him as a mentor, that humility component of coming back to it is really crucial, I think, especially in both the startup culture and and obviously culture here in Hawaii. I would definitely agree. If we're looking at also defining the business needs, because your mentor is giving you some really sound advice, the business needs something that differently than what you need, because a lot of times as a founder, you have these really high aspirations that, hey, look, at I, I want to pull somebody out of Google or Facebook. And your ego needs that. The business does not. Your business needs what's going to get the work done in the most efficient manner to get you from point A to point B. And it needs the person that's going to be the most effective in doing that. And so that business needs piece, you really need to take yourself out of that when you're writing that down. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to the needs, the business slash ask for help, you know, there are a lot of resources out there. And the one thing that I would say to, especially to other co-founders or other entrepreneurs out there is like, you know, asking for help is such a large component because there are a lot of resources out there. Incubators and accelerators are huge. I mean, that's essentially what you need. I mean, I know that firsthand, having gone through a number of them too, and a lot of incubators because they help you with the growth side of things. They help you with identifying new market opportunities, um, new introductions, vetting the process. And so it's a win-win situation for all. The challenge that we come back to originally was, do you go fast or you go slow? How do you balance that? Whenever you're bringing investors in, it's always they want you to give, execute fast. You can still move fast by moving slow if you plan it out, right? Before you need somebody, if you've already got that person in that slot ready to go, then it becomes an easy transition other than, oh, crap, I got all this money. I need to hire 50 people. Where do we start? The second piece of this component was we were talking about understanding a person's desire. You shared with me offline a complete mismatch that you had. There was no fault of anybody, but it was just you guys weren't on line. I would venture to guess that the hire was made or that whole thing happened because there was a lot of assumptions that were taking place rather than expectations that were defined. Yeah, I think when you think about any startup business, there's there's obviously the hopes and dreams component, which is what you hope and want out of investing in someone, time, energy, et cetera, and then what they can actually deliver on. And that's a really big gap in a lot of respects. Having more information to better make that decision and almost having a, a second or third party to kind of, you know, be that ego check would be really helpful. Well, and then you brought up earlier going slow, taking your time with it. Instead of using the word slow, maybe it's strategic. Okay, I'll buy that. I hear all the time, hire slow, fire fast. But that never happens. It's always never happens. hire fast, fire slow. That's really what ends up happening because people keep people around because they don't have anybody else to match it. And there was a great article I read years ago. It was called The Cold Creation by a guy named Steve Newcomb. He was the guy who actually created a company that was bought by Microsoft and eventually came Bing. And what was interesting is his whole concept was that he thought that whole hire, slow, fire, fast is completely wrong. And it should be hire, slow, fire, slower, because you don't want to fire anybody. You want to take the time to do diligence to make sure that that person is going to be the right hire. Yeah, I think that when you think about the slower, er, it makes a lot of sense because it puts more emphasis on the planning and then the finding and then the alignment piece. So no matter what, I mean, it's almost like this person will fit no matter what. So yeah, I, I can get behind that. Absolutely. Then how do we understand a person's desire? What did you do to get to know your people prior to figure out whether or not somebody's going to be a fit? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's kind of referral-based. I think we you know, talked about this earlier too. It's a network component, it's introductions, it's figuring out who's else out there, it's doing your research. But I think the one thing that I wish I would have done sooner, better, earlier, it's figuring out those other components. What kind of personality are they? Are they more of a builder, improver versus a maintainer component? Because that's a really big piece. And to be able to like structure that in a really simple, here's how it works, it's really insightful. And the questions you would ask them to then identify in that like discovery call is crucial. It's like someone wise said in a book, you know, in the first 10 minutes, you're going to figure out what kind of individual they are through that discovery call. Yep. And I will say, 
look at if you're a startup, you need builders. And there's not that many builders out there. Most people are maintainers. Most people have a job so that they can support their life. And the job is just a means to do that. And that's okay. But when you bring those people into your organization, it's a startup, that's problematic. So how do we identify builders in a phone call? I'll give you one really, really good tip on how to do that. Builders tend to speak in terms of they will tell you, I need to build something. So if you're trying to recruit somebody out of a company or you're talking to somebody who's potentially interviewing for your company, when you ask them why they're interested in potentially moving or doing something different, they're going to focus in and around, I need to be building stuff. I need to be doing things that are new, fresh. I need to be actively going out and doing things differently. I don't need to keep doing the same thing repetitively over and over again. And that's a huge clue to find that person. And if you have somebody who says, well, you know, I'm just, you know, looking for some more money. And, you know, I'd like to work with some cool people. Those are quite Good often maintainers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to get retirement from a startup. I know. <laughs> so the, the key is they're bored with the work and they need to be doing something that's making an impact within the company. When you have somebody talking in terms of that, boom, you got a builder. Now just make sure they align with your values and you're ready to go. I was just reading something recently. There's an article about how a lot of these tech companies, there's a lot of discrimination from an age perspective. And they're saying how, you know, you should only hire 20 year olds essentially because a lot of those components. But, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because when you're starting up your company and you're trying to figure out, you know, do you trade experience over drive, energy, passion? Experience does have drive, energy, and passion too. There's a lot of us modern elders, and I fit that category, <laughs> who have drive, energy, Young and passion, right? Like, <laughs> yes. Well, I, I think you and I would both agree that, you know, especially when you have kids and a family, it's you just can't literally be in that startup culture 24-7. It's like you got to go home and you got to feed your kids and pick them up and take care of them, you know? So I think the one, the realization is you prioritize your time better. Exactly. Exactly. I don't waste a whole bunch of time playing video games. And by the way, <laughs> because I don't have time to. All right, shoot. Vincent, we're about out of time for today's show. So um, what would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that they can plug into the business today? Don't wing it. Ask for help, uh, be it through mentors or folks like Rick Gerard, who has a really great book. And I read this after the fact. I actually paid for this too. While I was reading it, I was thinking, wow, there's some really good ahas that I really wish I would have known. And sans the fact that I'm a friend of yours, I'm like, wow, this is really good stuff. It was right for me at the point in time because, of course, it's, it's just how the universe works. And the other big thing is, you know, just do your homework. Like, I felt like for a lot of it, you're just kind of winging it. You don't have a plan. So get more mentors. Well, first startup. So like you're going to make a oh, lot yeah. of mistakes and you're going to have to learn. Vincent, thanks so much for your time investment today, man. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. What would be the best way in which uh, members of the audience can find you, your company, and all that good stuff? Oh, LinkedIn, obviously. And it's Vincent, K-I-M-U-R-A, if you guys are interested. All right, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick things to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. And also check out our newsletter that's coming out. And if you don't mind, please, please, please do our survey and you can download a free chapter of the book. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or you can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Michael Downing. He's the founding partner of Gravity Ranch. 
I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard.